are listening to Australia's tax news podcast, Tax Talks, the podcast for Australian tax professionals. Welcome to episode 106 of Tax Talks. This is Heide Robson and thank you to Klaas for sponsoring this episode. Taxation is currently conducting a review of Australia's small business tax concessions. Dr. Mark Pizzacallo of BDO is a member of the Board of Taxation and chairs this review. So perfect to find out more. Here's Mark. suite of concessions, what the board is trying to do is to look at the concessions in the context of a small business life cycle framework. And what I mean by that is a small business starts off at inception, goes through a survival phase, then hopefully a growth phase, and then leading into maturity and eventually decline. So that's your normal small business life cycle model. The important thing when looking at concessions is, well, To what extent are the current suite of concessions helping small business at the startup stages and the survival stages versus the growth, maturity and decline stages? So that's very much a fundamental part of what the board is looking at. So we've really, I think, changed the language around the way small business concessions need to be looked at. And what we're really advocating is some guiding principles around, well, when you introduce a small business tax concession, what's important to small business? And what you find is what's important is that you deliver the tax concessions at the right stage of the life cycle, that it assists with their cash flow, that it reduces their compliance, that it promotes innovation and growth. They're just some of the principles that we look at in terms of are the current concessions doing what they were required to do? And if there's new concessions that are being advocated, there's no point introducing, for example, a depreciation concession for an entity that is in tax losses because that concession is going to be not of much use to that entity. Whereas it might be very much of use for a capital-intensive small to medium-sized enterprise that regularly purchases capital equipment. So... Different concessions perform different functions at different stages of a small business life cycle. And that's the language that we're using and that we're keeping to, to work out what concessions are working and which ones aren't. So if you look at the current suite of concessions, what you find is that the small business CGT concessions certainly perform a large role at that conclusion stage of the business when it's being sold. And see, the question might well be, What is the price attached to that from a government revenue perspective? And is that revenue that's being expended there appropriate or can it be redeployed in different ways at different stages of the small business life cycle? So they're the just some of the complex questions that we're trying to answer as part of our review. As part of the review, we did set some principles for reform, which we agreed with the board that these principles for reform would be appropriate. And the whole point of having these principles is really to assist us in making judgments about small business concessions, as well as to identify opportunities for improvement. So in summary, the principles include 
that the concessions need to be designed having regard to the small business life cycle, which we've discussed, that the concessions assist with small business cash flow, which very much as part of the consultation process, cash flow always came up as an issue, as you would expect, for people in small business. Any concession that's introduced should relieve the compliance burden for small business, i.e. there's no point introducing a concession, no matter how helpful it might be, if there are significant compliance obligations associated with it because you just won't get the take-up or the interest. The concessions promote innovation and growth, that the concessions be targeted and affordable, so that's important too because the government's got a budget like any household and so well, the easiest thing that one can do is to come up with a wish list of requirements with a large government revenue attached to it and that's just not really appropriate. Yeah, it so, has to be realistic. so I think it needs to be realistic. I think it needs to be commercial in terms of the way we go about and prioritise concessions and what it's going to cost the government. And certainly last but not least is that the concessions shouldn't incentivise complex structuring. So it's not unusual for smaller businesses to be a myriad of different structures. Is there a mechanism or a way in which that can be simplified for small business? We certainly do not want to advocate or introduce new concessions that is just going to be a new overlay of complexity over what is already a complex scenario. How this review started, you saw the need. Was there a specific defining moment that made you think we need a review or was it just years of experience that led to the point where you said we really need to review this arsenal of 20 concessions we have at the moment? It's always been in the back of my mind that such a review should be conducted. If you look at overseas jurisdictions, what you find is that there's a whole host of small business concessions that have been introduced overseas which haven't really worked and so there are lessons to be learned there as well. One of the concessions overseas that I always point out as being one that didn't work is the zero-rate tax ban that was introduced by the Blair government in 2002. And in order to try and encourage startups, there was a zero-rate tax for profits up to £10,000, I should say, for incorporated entities. But what happened was is that everyone started to incorporate because of the zero-rate tax ban and it wasn't appropriate for everyone to incorporate. So what you ended up with is thousands of companies being generated, of people taking advantage of a zero-rate tax ban, not necessarily meaning that that was encouraging startups at all. So I think it's important to learn from those overseas experiences, as well as review what we currently have and just make sure that they're still operating as they should and how Parliament or policy originally intended them to operate. Hmm. It's a huge task to look overseas and see what different countries are doing. Hmm. Which countries are you looking at, I can imagine you, you tend to focus on the Anglo-Saxon countries with your review. Um, It's probably not so relevant to you what Kazakhstan is doing or no, Uzbekistan. No. So you probably focus on England, America, New Zealand, yeah, we do. Canada. I think it's important to focus on countries with similar legal system uh, and cultures and legal systems and, and, and so forth. So, so you do tend to have a look at the US, the UK, Canada, yeah, New Zealand as well as some others like South Africa as well, just to see what they're currently doing and how they're doing it. You have a look at all the different jurisdictions. I think Australia's got a reasonably good small business tax system in that it's reasonably clearly defined at the moment and not all jurisdictions can say that. So we do have a framework 
people now whether people are happy with the framework or not, I mean that's part of the review, but certainly there is a framework in, in place that people can go to and understand quite readily. You came to the realization that we need this review, you raised it in a board meeting, and then does it take quite a while until one gets okay, consensus? So so, generally, so it doesn't happen overnight. So generally what tends to happen is as we come towards the end of a calendar year, we look at what we've achieved during the course of the year and then we also look forward to see what else we should be doing over the next 12 months. And we do that process annually. So it came out of one of those sessions where we said, okay, well, what are some of the things we should be doing in the small business sector? What are some of the things we should be doing in other sectors? So it came out of a discussion out of one of those planning meetings. Mm. Yeah. I think it's really good. I just hadn't been aware of it. How much feedback did you get from the community? How many submissions did you get? So we got 40 submissions and we also conducted consultation sessions in every state. So we conducted... Where you just verbally asked for feedback and... Well, in organised meetings, everybody had an opportunity to attend. I can't tell you the number, but it was quite a few consultation meetings directly with people from mm. legal profession, accounting profession, small business owners mm. to listen to their feedback directly. Mm. We also conducted a similar exercise back in early 2015. So we continually make sure that we're listening and hopefully understanding what the small business community is telling us. Mm. And I can imagine it's a huge review because you're dealing with 20 over 20 tax concessions. Look, some concessions are more easily digestible than others. I think concessions that are reduced compliance, concessions that improve cash flows, I think that they're pretty easy to get your head around and understand. They don't take too long. <laughs> But certainly when you're looking at concessions like the small business CGT concessions, which we've had a lot of feedback on and which has forced us to have a close look at those concessions relative to other concessions as a result of the feedback process. going to report to the Treasury in September, but that has now been pushed to January of early next year, 2019. Yeah. The, the reason is just because it's such a big area you need to look at. Yeah, to be honest, I think we probably, to be fully transparent, I think we certainly understated how long we thought it was going to take. And also, we received a lot of feedback. And so we want to do justice to the feedback that we've received. We don't want to skim over it. And so it has forced us to take a deeper dive into certain areas like the small business CGT concessions. And so we wanted to make sure that we looked at how well all of the concessions are operating, but also we wanted to make sure that we consider some longer-term ideas as well, not just short-term ideas, and that takes time. Do you think the feedback you get is relatively representative? And the reason I ask that is I can imagine that It's just a gut feeling. I have nothing to actually base it on. But my gut feeling is that it might be more mature business people who respond to these submissions. I can imagine a little kid, 19, 20 years old in the garage, wouldn't be responding to your submission. Do you find you have a good range through ages, genders, locations, industries? When you look at the submissions you received? Look, I think so. It's hard to judge. Certainly, you've got to remember the... There's written submissions, there's face-to-face -face consultations, there's interstate teleconferences, <laughs> and then in addition to that, there's anecdotal evidence as well, just in terms of people that I speak to just 
all the time and cross-check whether that makes any sense with what I'm hearing during the formal consultation process. Look, I think it's reasonably representative at the moment, but... And the young kids, you probably cover by talking to incubator centres and Well, correct, yeah. So I know, quite a, I know quite a few startups and I deal with quite a few startups as well. And so I'm not saying that by dealing with some startups makes you an expert, but certainly it gives you an insight into the challenges that they're facing. So Heidi, as you would be aware, small businesses account for approximately 96% of all businesses in Australia. They employ more than 5.6 million Australians and contributes significantly to Australia's economic output on an annual basis. So I think it's really important that we have a well-designed regime of tax concessions and subsidies, make sure that they're properly targeted, make sure that they are meeting the specific challenges that are faced by small business and just making sure that small businesses are actually receiving or able to access the concessions during the relevant stages of their business life cycle. Welcome back. Once the Board of Taxation has published their review, we will talk more about small business tax concessions. In the next episode, episode 107, Simon Dorovich of ANA Tax Legal Consulting in Melbourne will talk about the proposed changes to the R&D tax incentive. Until then, thank you for listening and thank you to Klaas for their support. Bye for now and see you in the next episode.